Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. This is the second message of the Party Series. If you're just listening for the first time, you can hear part one on an earlier episode of this podcast or watch it at embassycity.com. Now let's join Pastor Tim. Y'all doing all right? I love y'all so much. I'm so grateful you're here. Uh, Worship is just, wow, I'm just blown away uh, by the way we get to experience the presence of God here. Um, If you're a first-time guest, I'm so grateful you're here. And uh, we have a very special place just for you called Guest Central uh, that we're just opening up this weekend. And so if you go out of these doors to my right, your left, uh, down the hall, there'll be some refreshments, a a free gift that we want to give you. Please stop by there. Uh, Some of our team will be in there. We'd love to just greet you, answer any questions that you have, all right? Uh, Can I give you all something that I need you to be uh, believing God with me for? Can can you combine your faith with mine? Uh, uh, I've been sensing this and praying about this for months, um, and uh, we're still in our kind of exploratory phase, uh, but I've been believing God for a new building. And... Uh, I'm, I'm not believing God for a, a new building because, um, you know, I, I want a new building. Uh, it's about the stewardship of the people coming to the building. When we first moved into this building, it was 13 months after we planted the church. It was absolutely miraculous uh, how God provided for us. Uh, somebody gave us the money, that somebody being Gateway gave us the money to purchase this building. Uh, we walked into this building uh, with 250 people, and uh, then we grew. Uh, the, the experience I've always had with God is that he doesn't overwhelm me and then have me run around and, and look for something. He always tells me to believe for more, and then he just feels it as we step forward. And so um, uh, if you've uh, been a part of this uh, community in this building, um, you know, we've done a lot of renovations to it and a lot of updates to it. Uh, and at 250 people, 40,000 square feet was just like, oh my goodness, wow. Right? It's like moving into like a, you know, 4,000 square foot house and it's just you and your spouse. But then after you have like six kids, <laughs> then you're like, honey, um, I think if we can we should probably look for another house, okay? And so uh, this is, I want you to look around. Look around at the people sitting next to you, side to side, front to back. Turn around in your chair, get real nosy. <laughs> I love all the extroverts. They waving at everybody looking at them. Huh? <laughs> I see you too. Here, here's what I want you to know. This is only about 40% of our congregation. We've purposely held back this whole year for one service. That means 60% of you all are still watching online. We're preparing for you to come back, and we know that God wants to grow our family. And so I'm believing God for a bigger building to steward what he wants to do in and through Embassy City. And if you would combine your faith with ours, I believe that he's going to point us in the direction of where we need to go. 
And I'm open to whatever the Lord wants to do, wherever he wants to do it. Uh, but my burden in my heart is still for this Las Colinas area um, because I believe in punching demonic strongholds in the face. <laughs> That's just the way I'm wired. I want to fight a giant. I don't want to fight hobbits. I want to fight giants. Okay. And uh, in Las Colinas, the 12,000 acres that make up Las Colinas, which is still Irving by a bougie name. <laughs> just want everybody to know that. Everybody, do you live in Irving? No, I live in Las Colinas. <laughs> You live in Irving. Stop playing. Okay? But Las Colinas is governed, 12,000 acres of Las Colinas is governed by an association, and they wrote it in their bylaws in the late 70s, early 80s, not to have religious institutions in the 12,000 acres that they would call Las Colinas. Let me translate. We don't want the presence of God here. We want business here. We want homes here. We don't want God here. Cool. <laughs> so when we were praying and God said uh, this area, he said there, there, there is, there is uh, no conspicuous sign of me in Las Colinas, and I want in. And when he said that, I was like, me too. <laughs> Let's go. That's right up my alley. Give me something to fight. So um, I just, right now, this building is the most conspicuous church building in Las Colinas. It's the, it's the most seen. It's not the biggest church, but, but it's the one you can, oh, the, the church on the corner. Yeah, 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 I've seen that church. I passed by. Because all the other churches are like off in a, make a left and then three whites and then we off some random street. And then, oh, oh, there's a church right there. And so, uh, but we're facing the airport. Like, like I, mm -mm, I want to face people. I want people to be driving by and be like, oh, I went to go get a burger and I saw your church. In this location alone, we've always picked up at least 50 people a year that wind up experiencing, visiting, or joining this church because they stopped at that light and looked over and was like, there's a church right there? <laughs> so so, so I, I just... If that's the traffic we're getting off here, I just, whatever that building is, I just want to punch that stronghold in the face. You cannot tell God where he can and cannot be. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. I got Bible for this, okay? I'm not being obnoxious. I told the chamber, the, uh, the Irving Lost Cleanest Chamber, I said, I'm not coming after the vision of Las Colinas. I'm only coming after omission. I'm after the omission. What you've left out is God. Y'all can still do what you want to do, but I'm just telling you, it's going to be problems <laughs> if I had to bring my dad with me. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, so just combine your faith with mine, and we'll give you updates if we get some, okay? Uh, Y'all ready to jump into this word? Okay. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Acts, chapter number two. I'm reading one verse. I'm preaching out of one verse. Uh, and uh, uh, everything that I need to say is in this one verse. We are in a series called Let's Party, uh, and it's about community. Uh, I, I am, uh, I, I am champ the champion of uh, people getting together 
and living their lives connected with each other in community. And the reason why we call them parties, I explained last week, we want every person to play their part here at Embassy City. That's why we uh, spell party with an E and not a Y here, okay? So it's not misspelled in here, okay? It's misspelled everywhere else. It's not misspelled in here. Um, Acts 2.42, uh, here's what it says. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. One verse, real simple. Keep it up. Let's all read it together, shall we? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. One more again. It sounded real good. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching Pretty easy, right? If you're taking notes on this message, please write this down. Party over here. Party over there. Party over here. Party over there. Only 22 of y'all. Everybody got saved that night at youth camp? For real? All of y'all? Party over here. Party over there. Party over here. Party over there. Now for my camp folks. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. All right, camp folks, just wanted to make sure you're not being penalized for getting saved when you were in the seven. I just want you to know I love you too. Some of us was in the club and you were already leading Bible studies. It's all good. It's all good. That's why we all got in here. Everybody, we all got different testimonies, all right? It's all good. But, but that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about parties over here and I want to talk about parties over there. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to party. Amen. Here's the wonderful thing I love about Scripture and I love about the Bible is that uh, we can see uh, the progression of the faith unfold uh, in the book of Acts in an incredibly dynamic way. After you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, and John's Gospel that covers all three and a half years of Jesus' earthly ministry, uh, the book of Acts seemingly explodes uh, with the life and the culmination of Jesus' teachings uh, through the apostles. I find it absolutely profound uh, that men that had been with him for three and a half years, that had been exposed to his ministry, that had been impacted by his ministry, that were willing to die for his ministry, were actually afraid to live out that ministry until the book of Acts. Because it wasn't until the book of Acts that they would have in them what was in him. It was not until the book of Acts that the same spirit that was in Jesus would be on the inside of his apostles for them to perform the works that they were going to perform. In the month of November, I'm actually doing a series on the Holy Spirit. 
Because if you are not actively engaged with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, you will not upset the world. You will be afraid of the world. You will be intimidated of the world. You will be completely paralyzed by the world. No different than the disciples were uh, after Jesus' death. Not being filled with the Holy Spirit, these men were cowards. Exposed to Jesus' teachings, exposed to his miraculous signs and wonders, but lacking the ability to step out on faith and be bold enough to declare him as Lord for one reason and one reason only. They lacked a person living on the inside of them. And if you don't get the person living on the inside of you, you cannot be a bold witness for Jesus Christ. Against your best wishes, against your strongest willpower, without the Holy Spirit, you can't do a thing. <laughs> you will have a form of godliness, but you will deny the power thereof because you don't have that person living on the inside of you. God would not allow you to get credit doing something for him outside of him by yourself. The glory of God is housed on the inside of us by the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we invite him on the inside, we can do supernatural things. We begin to do extraordinary things. He is the extra on our ordinary. You put it together, it becomes extraordinary. It's not you that's doing it, it's who's on the inside of you. This is why it's important when you talk about the book of Acts, you actually understand the full title of the book. It is the Acts, not of men, not of women. It is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Luke was not going to let you get it twisted into thinking that Paul has some power and that Peter has some kind of power, that Apollos has some kind of power. He wanted to make it clear up front. Oh, Theophilus, please understand. I've done my due diligence. I have done my research. I have concluded my investigations. And Theophilus, I just want you to know that these are the acts. Not of Paul. Not of Peter. Not of John. I've seen these guys up close. They are no different than you and I. These are the acts of the Holy Spirit through these apostles. <laughs> I saw what they were like on their worst day and they wouldn't have got back up if it had not been for the Holy Spirit that was on the inside of them. I saw them when they were being persecuted and there's absolutely no way that after Paul is almost stoned and left for dead, he would get back up and start preaching again if it were not for the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. I saw these men be jailed and in prison for preaching the gospel message just to be released and get out and start doing the same thing again. There is no way I can give them credit for that because no man wants to be that inconvenienced. No man can endure in persecution like that. The only reason why these guys kept getting back up and going back out is because they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And when the Holy Spirit was on the inside of them, they could do all things through Christ that was strengthening them. Here's what was amazing. Paul, Peter, 
John, all of these incredible men, Stephen, the first deacon, they all shared one thing in common. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine after Jesus' ascension in Acts chapter number one that the Holy Spirit would fall on about 120 people that were inside of a room? And after they were filled with that spirit, they didn't run around the room for three hours <laughs> shouting about the fact that they got it. They ran out of the room and told people that had no context, I got it. See, I grew up in, in Pentecostal churches, and, and, and if you didn't grow up in Pentecostal churches, uh, based on uh, some of the ones I've experienced, be blessed. <laughs> you should be happy that you did not get exposed to them. But there were other ones I grew up in that were so healthy and so dynamic, and, and the Holy Spirit was so engaged in what they were doing. The difference between those that had impact and those that didn't is that the ones that uh, uh, received the Holy Spirit and went out and told people about it, those are the ones that had dynamic change in their community. But the ones that just ran around for four hours, happy that they got it, were very, very ineffective. And over the course of months and years, they became very, very bitter because that empowerment was never meant to just be contained in one space. It wasn't meant to be a light-on-light -light encounter. You were supposed to be set on fire, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to go back out into pitch-black darkness and light it up. Peter preaches his first sermon. His first sermon. And 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. And let me tell you something. This was not a dynamic sermon. <laughs> Go back and read it in Acts chapter number two. Read that sermon. That's not, I mean, if he preached that right now, y'all would be like, <laughs> okay. I think you quoted the Bible for two-thirds of the whole sermon. But the Holy Spirit doesn't need much. He doesn't need your eloquence. He, he, he doesn't need you to have all the words together. He just needs you to be obedient enough to open up your mouth and speak. Because there has never been a man that has led someone to Jesus. I feel this. I'm going to take my time. There's never been a man that's led anybody to Jesus. You've never led any. You've never won a soul to Christ. You've opened your mouth and you've spoken, and the Holy Spirit, while you were speaking, drew that person to Jesus. Did you think you was going to get credit for a soul? You thought you was getting credit for a soul? That eternal part that's on the inside of somebody, you thought he, you was going to share that glory with him? There is no person smart enough, eloquent enough, gifted enough in speech and language to talk about the invisible man. And somebody go, I'm going to give my life to him. Never seen him. No video footage. 
but I'll give my life to him because the way you spoke. No, if I can convince you to get saved, then somebody else can convince you to leave the faith. You can't debate a soul into the kingdom. You can debate a mind into a religious structure, but you cannot debate a soul into the kingdom. Peter preached with power. Boldness, the same coward that was locked behind a door about a week and a half ago, who went back to his old job after Jesus left and had to find Jesus on the seashore cooking him breakfast. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is? Jesus finds you backslidden. And instead of saying, I can't believe you left me, he's cooking you breakfast. Like, you ready to come back? <laughs> it's with loving kindness that he draws you. He's not going to guilt you back in. He's going to bless you back in. I don't know who that's for right there. But, but, but you, you, you've been on the outskirts for some time and, and you're, you're waiting to get everything together before you come back. And God is looking at you the same way he looked at Peter and said, just come back right where you are. I'll take you smelling like smoke. I will take you smelling like weed. I will take you in the lie that you're now living. I will take you in the lifestyle that you now have. I'll take you right now. Because you won't change and then come to me. You will change as you are coming to me. Peter preached a sermon and 3,000 people got. Can you imagine your first sermon? 3,000 people get saved, and now you're looking like, what are we going to do? I didn't, I didn't know it was going to go this well. It was my first sermon. I, Jesus took the training wheels off, and he got on the cloud, and he floated into heaven, and left me here by myself. And so... I didn't know 3,000 people were going to get saved. That's verse 41 in Acts chapter number 2. 3,000 people got saved. Now, what do we do with these people? Let's throw some parties. There's 3,000 of them. We can't have one big party. I know, but let's put a party over there and a party over here. And a party over there, and a party over here, and then a party over there, and a party over here. Because <laughs> that thing died off, y'all. <laughs> y'all sound party pooped. What did you do last night? Did y'all turn up that hard last night? <laughs> that last one was like, whoo, whoo. <laughs> And y'all sitting down and got winded. I don't understand how that happens. That's weird. But in order for the community to be big and still feel small, they had to break out. They could no longer just depend on the synagogue experience they were having once a week. They could no longer just, just say, well, I'll see you next week and... and, and and I, and I hope everything goes well, and, and we'll meet back here this week. Okay, no, the, that, that first initial dynamic experience you had, you had it in a large group. But now I need you to break out into some parties. We, we, we need to take this into homes. We need to meet throughout the week. 
Because, because where I am right now, I, I think in six days, what I'm going through right now, my soul could drift. There, there's some persecution that I'm experiencing, and I just need the faith of a believer. I cannot wait for the altar call on the weekend. I need somebody to talk to right now. So they broke out in the parties. And Acts 2.42 is the secret sauce to all parties where believers get together and they share with one another. And so my four points are coming straight from this verse because I want to talk about the four things to do at a party. For those of you all that have already signed up to be party leaders, and you're hosting parties, for those of you all that are going to be connected and getting into parties, I want to talk about the four things that happen at a party. Because if these things are not happening at a party, it's not a party. You can call it something else, but it's not a party. But these things started happening in Acts 2.42, and over 2,000 years later, they are still happening around the world right now. It was amazing to me uh, last year when uh, people were saying, um, well, you know, uh, uh, Corona has shut down uh, the world and, and the church, and, and we're concerned that the church is not going to be okay because we're not meeting right now. And I was, I was amused by that because I've read my Bible. And throughout the entire Bible, the church always grew under persecution and pestilence. We, we, we are at our best when drama pops off. You, you put the church of Jesus Christ in a pressure cooker, and when we come out, we are well done. You hear me? We are actually stronger because of what we went through than before we even experienced the opposition. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, every time I read it, I just saw the church being persecuted, whether it was by, by, by persecution or pestilence or famine, and on the other side, the church was stronger than ever. So the only thing 2020 did was make the church stronger. The church of Jesus Christ got stronger. I'm going to tell you why it got stronger. It's because you couldn't go to the building, and so you had to stay at home. And home had to become church. Which is where it's always been. Because the church is not this building. Notice I said I'm believing God for another building. I didn't say I was believing God for another church. You're the church. I'm the church. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We are the church. This building could blow up, and we could pitch a tent in the grass across the street and still have church. In the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when, when, and when, when racist uh, men and women were burning down churches, the real church of Jesus Christ was laughing. Because they were like, they did. <laughs> we got insurance on that building, bro. <laughs> you just gave me a bigger check. And that's not the church. It's a building. We can build another one of those. We are the church. So everybody had to stay home. You know what happened? Everybody started inviting everybody to their house on the low. <laughs> you couldn't get the church building, so you brought the church feeling 
into your place, into your space. And we actually grew. We were watching, you were watching me on a screen. You were watching me on YouTube. Some of y'all wasn't even watching at the time that it came out. You was eating brunch. You were like, pancakes? Then around 2 o'clock, all right, let's catch that teacher. It's all good. Because this is what's supposed to happen at parties. So let me go over the four things that happens at a party. Number one, please write this down. Devote yourself to the teachings. That's what they did. After the 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus, the very next verse says they devoted themselves to the teachings. At a party, that's what you want to do. You want to devote yourselves to the teachings. At some point, you just want to say, hey, let, let, let's just go over the word that was taught this weekend. What did, you get, what did you get from it? How did it apply to your life? How are you applying it to your life? Did it challenge you? Did you feel like the word was speaking to you? I've been praying for you since you told me the last time you heard this, that, that, that this happened or that happened. When you go over the teachings, you get to reinforce it. I remember when I was a young adult pastor, uh, uh, we met on Friday nights. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Dallas, Dallas DFW Metroplex, and I'm trying to get 18 to 30-year-olds to come out on a Friday night, right? Club night, weekend night. And, and, uh, and I had people saying, man, nobody's going to come to your young adult ministry on a Friday night because it's, you got too much competition. And I'm like, <laughs> cool, I got you. They said, if you're going to go, if you're going to have a, 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 a meeting on that night, don't teach a long time. Young adults have a short attention span. You don't want to teach a long time. I was like, I got you, fam. I taught for 50 minutes. Hour and 10 minutes. And you know what them young adults were doing? Taking notes. Highlighting their Bible. Sharing it with their friends. Going home and talking about it some more. Building on their faith. Why? Because when you devote yourself to the teachings, you grow. When you devote yourself to what you're doing, you grow. The, the, if, if you take what you're getting on the weekend and apply it during the week, revisit it during the week, you will have exponential spiritual growth. If you jot some notes down on the weekend and you're never going to see them again for three years, I'm not saying you're not going to grow. You're just not going to grow as fast. But when you have other people around you to hold you accountable, did you read your Bible this week? What was the ratio from Netflix to Bible reading this week? What was your ratio from Instagram scrolls to Bible verses this week? Have you forgiven your father yet? The whole series was on forgiveness. Have you forgiven your father yet? We just got done with a series on giving. Have you started tithing yet? You go over it, you devote yourself to the teachings. You're saying that God speaks to me in this house. This is where I get my mail. And so I'm not just going to receive my mail on Sundays. I'm going to open it and read my mail during the week. Devote yourself to the teachings. Point number two, please write this down. Fellowship. It's a word that we don't use often, but it's a biblical word. I love this word. Fellowship. The Greek word for this word is koinonia. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and they koinonia. They fellowshiped. And I got to give you some breakdowns uh, uh, and nuances of this word because I love them all. 
uh, association, communion, fellowship, close relationship, generosity, a fellow feeling. I love that word. Altruism, nice, juicy dictionary word. It just, it just means to uh, devote yourself to another person's welfare more than even your own. A sign of fellowship, I love this one, proof of brotherly unity. They fellowshiped, why? Because it proved that we're connected. That I'm not just going to be standoffish and, and, and stay away from you and I'll only see you on the weekends. I'm going to make a point to spend some time with you. Gift, contribution, participation, sharing. They fellowshiped with each other. Now, let me tell you, um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm an introvert. I've, I've shared this with you all before. Uh, uh, I, introversion doesn't mean I don't like people. It just means I get drained by people. That's all that means. Two different things, right? Um, uh, and so uh, be before the pandemic hit, we, uh, back when we called them groups, I don't call anything a group no more. I'm, I'm all about parties. Um, but but we, had, we had groups at, at my house on uh, Wednesday night. I was one of the group leaders. Now, I had to put some parameters around that because we had groups all over the DF Metroplex. Everybody was trying to come to mine. And I was like, that's not how that works. You can't drive 50 minutes for a community when you passed four other places you could have connected with. But we had people at my house on Wednesdays. And I was, even though I'm an introvert, I, I was so energized and drained by them. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I couldn't wait to see them. like, oh, my God! It's Wednesday, and we, we play games, and we eat food, and sometimes we get into deep conversations, but we were just fellowshipping with each other, and it was so good, and I was uh, able to learn more about them. They were learn, able to learn more about me, and when they left, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Jesus. I love people. Thank you, Jesus. That verse to Koinonia did not ask what your personality type was. Well, I'm not going to no parties because I'm just not a people person. How? How are you not a people person? Jesus died for people. You a people. <laughs> I'm so basic. <laughs> you and people, he died for you. And, and, and you don't want to connect with other people? He's not asking if your personality is open to a party. He's saying if you want to grow outside of the weekend, you need to throw a party or join a party. Point blank period, you, if you want to grow at a dynamic rate, because this is exactly what happened in the book of Acts, and this is how the gospel spread, it wasn't just the synagogues on the weekends. It was at homes during the week. They were, they were devoted to the teachings, and they koinoniaed with each other. They fellowshiped with each other. They had association. There was a fellow feeling that they all had. Which brings me to point number three. Please write it down. Share a meal. How many people like to eat? How many people hungry right now? 
<laughs> Every time I drive to church, I usually pass a Cracker Barrel, and I look over, that parking lot is full. It's like 9 in the morning, I'm like, heathens. <laughs> Ain't no 7 o'clock services around this parts. <laughs> Why do you get a hash brown casserole, and I don't? Share a meal. They, it says that they all ate together. They shared a meal, including the Lord's Supper. Communion isn't just the cracker and the wine. Communion is every time you get at a table with a group of people, you have common unity with them. And everything's better over some food. Maybe you don't think you would like to be in somebody else's space until they hand you a sandwich. <laughs> and all of a sudden, your whole mood changes because it was a tasty sandwich. And they had chips and dips, and it's the kind you liked. They shared a meal. Th think about it. We keep talking about we want revival to break out, but we don't want to do the things that maintain revival. You, 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 don't, you don't maintain a revival by, by continuing to try to revive people. Let me break down revival. So you have to be dead to be revived. Clear. Clear. Clear! <gasps> Woo! Revival! <laughs> you just killed him again. <laughs> you revive a person so they get up. After they get up, you don't revive them again. You're you gonna kill them. You're gonna shock them to death. And every time I see believers that are like, we gotta have revival in America. We need a revival. Come on, Lord, give us revival. Okay, after they get up, what you gonna do? You better feed me. You keep shocking everybody else. I want something to eat. I... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 there was a little girl, uh, Jairus' daughter, was dead. This just came to me. Jairus' daughter was dead, and uh, Jesus went to the house. And he walked in, there were some professional weepers outside. Ah! 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 He, he walked in, he said, y'all got, gotta go. You gotta get people away from you that fake emotions. <laughs> Keep talking, sir. So they, they all left and he grabbed their hand. And he said, Talitha Kumi, damsel arise. Revival. She got up. He said, now get her something to eat. Just wanted to make sure you had Bible for it. <laughs> After revival, we should eat something. Okay? So let's share a meal together. You're going to throw a party, have some food there. And let's sit down and let's not everything be deep. 
There's four things that happened at a party. They went over the apostles' teaching, but that's not all they did. They hung out and they fellowshiped with each other. They, they got to know each other. And as they got to know each other, they ate a meal, which brings me to point number four. They prayed for each other. That's what you do after you're done partying. Anybody got any prayer requests? Anybody need prayer for anything? Hey, is your mom still in the hospital? I know she was having a hard time. Just want you to know you're not in this by yourself. Hey, I heard you, I heard you saying you're up for a promotion on your job and you're believing God for it and, and you, got, you, you went through three rounds and you got one interview left, man. Let's just pray that if this is the Lord's will, God, you open that door. And, and, and if he doesn't open it, let's just pray that, 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 that God will give you peace in knowing that he's protecting you from something that you don't even know. Right? Because you can't get all that done on a weekend. That can't just keep happening only at, I can't wait to get to church on Sunday. Got a hot prayer request I need to bring to the altar. You ain't got nobody to talk to all week. No, let, let's, let's get in community where I can pray with somebody at the altar, but I can also pick up the phone with somebody during the week because we are doing life together. You've been in my house four times, child. You're going to pray with me. You've seen me at my best. You've seen me at my worst. You saw when the, the food didn't get here on time how hangry I got, and you still love me anyway. And so... Uh, now I want to tell you that I, I still have some insecurities uh, from my dad never telling me he loved me. Oh, now we live in life together. Now we're getting past the superficial. Now we're starting to share at a deeper, more intimate level. And let me tell you something. That's when you grow. You grow at parties. You get empowered on the weekends, but you grow at parties. The apostles knew synagogues Synagogue weekends is not going to do it. We, we got we to gotta, we gotta diversify what this looks like. And they said, okay, cool. Let's put a party over here. Let's put a party over there. And let's tell people to go over here. And let's tell people to go over there. And what they going to do when they get there? Four things. We're going to be real basic. Make sure they go over the teachings. Because we want to make sure that what we're saying is effective and it's actually sinking into them. Let's make sure that they fellowship. We want them to hang out together, get to know each other then please feed these people. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Call Uber Eats. Go to Costco. I don't know what y'all going to eat. Just get something. And then let's pray for each other. You don't need a master's degree in divinity to pray for somebody. You don't need to be ordained into ministry with credentials behind your name to pray for each other. We are the body of Christ. And we all play our part so the other part gets stronger, healthier, and grows. So, party over here. Party over there. I said a party over here. I said a party over there. I said a party's over here. I said a party's over there. Party's over here. Sign up. There's going to be a party over there. Sign up. We need some group leaders. That's me. We need some more group leaders. Me too. We're going to party over here. Whoop, whoop. We're going to party over there. 
so here's what I'm saying. Don't keep coming to this church on the weekend saying that I just can't find no connections. We're starting parties so that nobody feels displaced. Don't put yourself in isolation. And don't be intimidated or fearful based on a prior experience you've had. Let's party. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? My hope and my prayer is that um, you, you, you get the clarity and the basics of, of the burden that we have to see the body of Christ get stronger. And that through that burden, we will grow. We will be connected. You might think parties is the corniest name of all time. Onker. I just want us to be connected. This is our expression of worship to the Lord. It's not just what we do on the weekends. It's what we want to be about all week long. So whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, a little bit quirky, a little bit nerdy, real standoffish or way up in people's personal space, if you join a party, we will grow. So God, thank you so much for giving us the grace to grow and party. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. We wanted to take a moment and let you know that there is new Embassy City Apparel available in our online store. Some items are limited time only, so check out embassycity.com forward slash shop and find a fun way to rep your church. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash embassycitychurch. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.